0: Another episode of the Grazing Sheep Podcast. I'm your host, Big Tom Perkins, along with Dr. Cameron Meyerley. And uh it was funny. I was out the other day and I'm kind of looking, and I'm thinking, I'm already thinking of how I'm gonna graze this coming summer and and uh and spring, and how everything I'm doing now is going to affect that.
1: Yeah, and I that's we've been missing the grass. We've been missing green grass now for a little while. And you don't think of when you choose to put that first bale of hay out because you don't, you don't have the stockpile that you were hoping you you would have. uh, It's like, oh, it's okay. We're a little bit earlier than, than what we'd like to be. And, and I was just looking at the use yesterday and you can kind of tell that they're, they're missing some green grass. And it's like, how soon can we, how soon can we get sheep back out on fresh forage? And the unfortunate situation is it is a long ways away. So so we're, we're stuck in this for a little bit at least, but.
0: Yeah, we, we still have a good bit of stockpile there. Um, You know, we had what, I don't know, three or four days where it was in the, in the teens at night. And, you know, so a lot of that green grass is no longer green. those those sheep don't like that at all um but there's still a good bit of fescue in there they're going through and picking that and uh so now we have that oh that second group that was made up mostly of ewe lambs that we bred out running with the the main group and that's the biggest flock that i've run yet and uh Man, you look out there and go, Man, that's a lot of sheep right there. <laughs> it really is. And so how many are in that group? Because
1: this is you had your ewe lambs inside and you were um you were getting those bred, and now you've kicked them outside with the mature ewe flock that is coming in late February for lambing. Yeah.
0: So there is You've the- got
1: two months to really
0: kind of operate as one large one large flock. Well, it's going to be about a month because we're going to split that group up again uh into the that mature ewes that we're going to lamb early February and we're going to bring those down and let them graze below the barn and try to bring them in mm. every afternoon and start them on that uh that pre-lambing rations which is just corn and uh just straight whole shell corn yep yep that's the ration right there it's really hard to mix <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> right give
1: some energy to those late gestating use yep is your your user due mid-february
0: yeah um, okay i guess you look at those lambing calculators it could come as early as you know like the first week of february but so we'll bring those down. And then when we do that, we got to split everybody up. Um, we're going to pull the blood for pregnancy checks on the, uh, on that second group. So we're trying to combine. So it'll be one long day instead of, you know, bunch a little goofing around, but it'd be nice. If we bring everybody down. We run through the handling system and all that. Oh yeah. To sort. Oh. And
1: then, you know, especially as we've talked on here before, middle of January, you're four to six weeks out, hit everybody with either CDT or whatever your yep. your vaccine of choice is for uh, that passive immunity Right. To so that,
0: that'll be, yep, that'll be the other thing we're doing in there. But yeah, it, that's a big, it's yeah. funny, you know, I'm up there moving sheep, and I'm looking, and so I didn't quite double the size of the paddock just because my thought was, one, I've got to really ration my grass till spring. Right. Um, and two, um, those ewe lambs aren't as big as the mature ewes. So, yeah, so if we did a fun little exercise and
1: I know you weren't prepared for this, but, um, do you, do you know what size
0: paddock it is? I kind of do that. where I'm at right now. It's not, those pastures aren't, uh, even they kind of run, okay. in, kind of run in a wedge shape. And so, when I get down, give me another week, and I can probably tell you exactly what the sizes are. But
1: well, we could even do a rough estimate.
0: Yeah, well, that was really hard. So the <laughs> next one, so <laughs> where they're where they're moving to today is a lot more square. Okay, um, and
1: is this this is part of the where they're moving to today. I'm assuming then that this is part of the new fence. Yes, one, one so we side. know it's
0: 160
1: feet wide.
0: Yeah, so it'll be 160 feet wide by um, 125 feet long. Okay. So you can do that math if that's what you want to do. I don't know where you're
1: going. Yeah. I'm I not have... using a calculator, and it's 20,000. No, I've got my phone out. So, uh, <laughs> But it's 20,000 20, square feet. And just what I was curious about, how many U's do you have up there? so there's like 125 in that group. Okay. So if you've got 125 ewes, say they average one twenty five.
0: I'll bet you I'll bet they're lighter than that because half of those are those are U ewe lambs. So I'll bet you it might 115. Yeah, I'd say probably one ten. I bet's what that average is. Because I bet those U lambs are ninety pounds, ninety five pounds.
1: You said hundred and twenty five ewes. Yeah. So thirteen seven fifty, and they're in there
0: for one day. One day. So I always figure I always figure four percent of their body weight. Too,
1: and that includes the trample. Well, yeah. I mean, is that are you building in the trample into that percentage?
0: Well, I've just figured they need four percent of their body weight to maintain. Okay. Maintain the weight they have.
1: My guess it's closer to like three percent. And then but I bet you're seeing an additional percentage of forage trampling that yeah, my guess is actual consumption is probably right around that three percent mark. But if you're at twenty thousand square feet um for one day yeah that's interesting so what's that Just number so um per square foot you're at 1.75 um and what i think is more telling is how many inches of forage do you think you have
0: that's probably 12 to 13.
1: okay and if we're assuming 150 pounds per acre inch and you're trying to leave four inches behind Probably, but it's
0: mostly a tramp. It's well, a little hard to tell. Okay,
1: so if we have eight inches of forage that you want consumed out there, at 150, you're producing 1,200 pounds total per acre. Mm-hmm. And we you have roughly half an acre in which you're grazing every day yeah. at 20,000, just under, just shy of half an acre. divided by 125 so this use you're planning on consuming 4.8 almost five pounds of of forage on a dry matter basis per day okay which is about right for your your three and a half to four percent
0: consumption so okay. i was just curious so i'm in the ballpark then yeah oh yeah yep i yeah. never i have never i probably did in the very beginning go out there, you know, with a grazing stick and try to figure that all out. And, right. And I never got it right in the beginning. And so I just started just playing around with paddock sizes and, and plus I was using cows, but and yeah. so kind of developed an eye. Yeah. And, and so as I'm walking around um uh, moving these ewes, you know, I have a uh still have a sled that has the minerals on it and the water. Um And so I drag that to the next paddock. And then there's the the dog crate thing that the dog eats where the dog food is. And uh, drag that over to the next paddock. So you, and then moving fence, you know, so you're kind of walking through that paddock. And and what I'm noticing with this many sheep is what they're trampling, they're really Mm -hmm. trampling. It's flat. Right. But your pictures. but you're not seeing really short grass, right? So I don't think they're real happy right now, because, mm. <laughs> because when you go to move them, buddy, they're ready. So no, yeah, they're not kind of laying around like, okay, we'll move if you want us to, which is usually what happens. But they're they're ready to move.
1: And but I think that uh, would be interesting to go out and actually measure. You know, take a couple sample samples of you know within that paddock in which they're moving from Mm -hmm. and measure forage that's been consumed or has grazing activity and then forage that's been laid over. And then you could take, you could assess weights going into the grazing paddock and then weights of that forage residual coming out of, because maybe you're not near that, that 3% if they're not, if you're seeing more trample than you're seeing grazing, um, Oh Maybe you
0: see, well, you can see on that trample where you know the the that grass has been bitten, you e- know, yeah, and eaten. Um, but it's not it's not grazed down, crazy short. So you know, it, yeah. it's part of that, and then a usable well, metric, soil armor, armor, which I think is hugely important. I think people just really overlook that.
1: Yeah, and the usable metric. On the weight, the reason I was asking how much you use weighed is if we have thirteen thousand seven hundred fifty pounds is what the group weight is, mm-hmm. and you're on half an acre, then your your density then is at twenty seven five hundred. So you have twenty seven thousand five hundred pounds of of animal of livestock right. per acre of ground when yeah. you're grazing,
0: which is pretty light.
1: It's yeah compared to what a lot of uh, a lot of grazers that would consider this themselves in like a mob grazing yeah system um, yeah that would be about four to four to five to six times less than what a lot of a lot of people
0: talk about um, yeah I pushed I pushed my cows one time I did it for about a month um, at a two hundred fifty thousand pound stocking rate on uh i did this on a couple of pastures and i had to make those strips so blessed narrow it was unreal to get that much and i hear these guys talking about a half million three quarters of a million greg judy talks about you know doing uh one million pounds per acre and those cows yeah. were literally standing shoulder to shoulder yeah i tell you too i mean you only do that for like 10 minutes Oh yeah, yeah. It's not you don't you're, you're not leaving them all all day. Right. You just do that for right. ten minutes, and then and then you know he always says you don't you don't leave you don't go to the house you stand there and you wait and then right. you move them again. And uh, it's not something you want to do across your entire farm. You don't want to do it for a whole summer, but you just do it for the animal impact.
1: Yeah, and it's a little bit easier with cows. <laughs> that being said, yeah, just again is not in my head math, unfortunately, but a million pounds of, of livestock per acre um, on 150 pound use. So because yeah. I knew it would be a lot. Yeah. It's only 6,666 animals.
0: Yeah. So, so if you divide <laughs> that down to a tenth of an acre, it's only 660 animals. Correct. Yes. You know, yes. It's a pile of animals <laughs> in a tenth of an acre.
1: But and that's a tenth of an acre but as a reference you' you're 160 by would you say 125, 125 yeah. mm-hmm. that's a half an acre you would need 3300 use yeah. in that paddock to, to hit that million mark
0: um, i know so oh, yeah I couldn't I couldn't do it with my cows I couldn't get it down small enough I mean I suppose I could have but I would have had to you know just make a really really small area would not have been happy um i doubt very much i could keep sheep in if i tried to do that not even for 10 minutes but that that it would be hard it's that animal impact it's what it does to that soil and it is amazing what happens it really is when you get it down to that it really jump started things what the year and that's
1: something you know maybe when we get out of survival mode of Try, I'm trying to manage the number of sheep we're we're trying to get to. Um and maybe have some time and facilities are are updated at a point to handle yeah those grazing animals more efficiently similar similarly to what you guys have done in the past year. But it would be very interesting to me to see it, that calculation we just did on that twenty seven thousand pounds of livestock per acre. Yep. And really compare it to can I double that? Can I get to fifty thousand pounds? Yeah. Can I get to one hundred thousand pounds? And you hit the nail on the head with saying it's not a twenty-four hour move. Yeah, in those situations, but uh, really looking at you know pulling some some soil health parameters on the home farm of this is what we're seeing in in this is what we're seeing in in this stock density. Um, with this movement timeline. And I think it might even be more telling instead of those hard data points, those um, soil, soil sampling values, da- pictures, yeah, some photography to show some examples. And I think they the problem is we always want to see these instant fixes or these instant impact uh, situations. And, it might be, it might be three years, might be five years until we see a lot of this. And that's, I don't want to dive too deep into the, the silvopasture side of things, but have mentioned on here before that we cleared, took some standing woods and cleared underbrush out to turn into silvopasture, and um, you know to see impact from spring to just this fall on what that ground looks like and really convincing myself and it being a viable, cause I was very skeptical. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, man, it's going to take forever and I don't want to invest a bunch of money into it. Um, just to see it work at a mediocre level, but just a, a grazing season and it's like, Oh wow. Like we're seeing some of that seed bank, Come back. Yeah, you know, we're seeing some of these items that that we know we wanted to achieve occur, uh, and so I'm. That to me is exciting. And again, I hope <laughs> I hope we can keep it going. Uh, it was kind of fun. And this is a a side note. Uh, what's crazy to me is you go back. And I had to see if we could share one of these pictures on the on the Facebook page, but my grandma shared with me a some pictures of um the farm back in 19 i think 1952 and um you look at the pictures there is not a tree in sight i'm walking through we were walking along um yeah natural waterway it's turned into a creek and um and there's some big trees and i was telling dad i was like oh that's a that's a hundred year old tree. Cause uh-huh. I, I can't get my arms around it. It's probably three foot across. Yeah. And you look at this picture where that tree is supposed to be. And if the tree's there, it's not tall enough to see in the picture. It'd be yeah. a little way down, but it's just amazing to me how quickly landscape can change. Oh yeah. When, when left on its own. Yeah. That's, it's crazy. And it's something I guess you've seen. With the strip mine ground, oh there. yeah, like that was bare at one point,
0: oh yeah, very bare,
1: and crust right. in it, <laughs> right, and now it's <laughs> everywhere now it's productive farm ground,
0: uh, so yeah, that's, doesn't, that's neat doesn't grow corn for a hoot, but man, does it grow grass <laughs> right. It's, it's right really gross grass. I wish I'd done this thirty years ago, instead of beating our heads against a wall trying to bring irrigation systems in and trying to do all this craziness and couldn't get the ground to break up. You know, we went out and bought a cauldron altar and all that. Instead of breaking the clods up, all they did was push the clods down into the dirt. It just would roll over top of it. It was just terrible. But, man, once I just on to this whole grazing thing. You know, when I did that 250,000 pounds, I moved cows eight times a day. Really? And it, yeah. And then um, would pull my back fence out, and then let them have that whole paddock for the night. Okay, yeah. and so, so you could keep them in. So I could keep them, in, yeah. And I, you know, I didn't want to be that uncomfortable all night. And they weren't, you know, they weren't balling, they weren't carrying on. But the idea was, they just were so much more crowded together, um, and they were full, you know that. When you do like a million pounds, they're, they never get full. There's not enough grass there to fill that many cows up. Right. Uh, but the 250, you know, they were definitely full. The last move of the day, they really didn't want to go. Mm. And, but that would be the one where I would just you know, pull that fence out and pull their previous back fence out. And then I already had the fence set up from before. They could have that whole paddock for the night. Um, but you came back in a month. And the difference in that grass was crazy. Just how much more it had grown. And, and no. you, you could see it compared to the pasture beside it that didn't have anywhere near that that type of animal impact put on it. Yeah. And but with many uses, I go up there and everything is just flat. It is crazy how much more flat it is by adding in another, you know, 60, 65 ewes. Right, and we're not not quite doubling, you know, what I'd had before. And my concern was, one, were they going to stay in? And I still, every time I, you know, <laughs> no matter what I'm doing, I constantly look up to see if they're still in there, and they are. Um, and that got me thinking. Now I should go look because I'm scared to death they're going to be out. But anyhow, the uh, but it is flat, and it's not being overgrazed. And that was my big concern. You know, the, when CJ and I dumped all these ewes in there, I said, I don't know how big to make this paddock. I really have no clue how big I should make this paddock. And we were going into a field that is not square, it's it's pie shaped. And so it makes that guessing even harder. But we just went with that. And um, like I said, I went up to move them. They're definitely wanted moved. And so they, you know, just take the wire down, they just come rolling through. And uh, so those paddocks are very long and narrow in a different direction because of that eye shape. And now we're, where we're at today is at the point of that pie. And so it's even longer and then we'll bring them down to the next pasture and that'll be a whole lot more square. But but I just cannot get over how flat that is. So I'm really, and that's, that's in the poorest probably our poorest pastures. So I'm really waiting to see come spring how that responds. There's so much more manure on there than I've ever seen before. So I think all those things are are good things. But that's the biggest thing going through winter is do not overgraze your pastures because they will suffer all next summer. You're so much further ahead to pull them off pasture and feed them hay so that you've got grass growing next summer
1: you're not telling me good things here tom i know i am very much the thing is i know
0: i got (laughs) a cousin that just went into sheep and uh i drove past his place i think it was yesterday and he's got all his sheep out in this pasture and it looks like that's where he's going to winter them and i'm going to tell you come spring all he's going to have is weeds i it's one of
1: those where i i very much very much understand the importance of leaving residual um and know what that growth looks like mm-hmm. residual having some re- residual over winter for that spring green up versus scalping it off and then that plant not having the the stores and that the solar panel of the leaf yep. to produce the following spring um and it, it's very much the situation of do as I say, not as I do Yeah, type. Not that I'm going around telling people that I'm I'm very conscious about, try to be conscious about giving advice. And then if someone stopped by and said, well, you said to do this. And I think through the podcast, I've tried to be very open (laughs) and upfront with saying, listen, this is wrong. And I know we need to fix it, but there, you know, this is, I can give you the excuses on why it's not being carried
0: out to the level that Well, it, it's that we in hope. context right now. You know, you're, you're, really, oh, trying, yeah. and you're that's, really trying to grow that flock. You're really trying to get on some solar sites, So you need way more sheep than what you can carry at this point. Exactly. And, and not to the point where if we do— could, And it's very hard to convince people to pull your sheep off a pasture— put them somewhere where you don't care what happens to that particular piece of ground and feed them. Hey, while your grass is growing. Right. Because everybody goes out there and says, well, I've got four inches of grass. I've got sheep. I just need to turn them out. And it's like, yeah, you got four inches of grass. That's right. There is where your grass is getting ready to take off. And right. you're going go to knock that out. That's just not the smart thing to do. I do want to touch. To not do it. It truly is hard to not do it, but it's, yeah. uh, i i've I've made that mistake enough times um that you go back and just say up oh, we're we're just not gonna do this. we're gonna let it go yeah now, we're gonna we're probably gonna do some bale grazing this year, and I'm not sure how that's gonna play out and I do have a fear that you know we roll some hay out or we take some big squares and put some flakes out that kind of have this fear that sheep are gonna be like, oh, that hay is nice, but there's a you know there's a half inch bite of grass here and I'm gonna go get that. Right. I kind of have a feeling if I can get them to tramp it down, because they do not like picking that, that grass up once it's been tramped down. So I think maybe I can do that, tramp it down good, and then uh and then bale graze on top of that. So they're not just eating everything into the dirt, but we'll we'll see how that goes. I had trouble with cows trying to bale graze. Because so if you were but I had snow; it was it was fine. They would eat the hay as opposed to digging through the snow to get to the grass. Um, okay. But when they didn't have snow, now they they'd rather go nibble on the grass.
1: So, if you were to just maintain the group that you have right now, how mm-hmm. many more movements? And we know you you're doing daily moves. Yep. So, how many more movements do you have? Left on the farm of stockpiled forage?
0: We think because we, know, that we know we're going to bring use in uh, to lamb in like mid February. Right. And so there's going to be, you know, 60, 65 that come out of that flock. Right. Um, and then a uh, month and a half or so, or two months after that, those are going to go back out on the grass. We bring that other group in. I think we could graze pretty easily till March. Okay.
1: Now, so that being said, I'll, the group you have like 120 use, how many, if you didn't have to pull the ones off to land, how many more movements do you think you'd have? Do you think you have 90 more movements?
0: Yeah, I think we could get, I think we could probably get through for February. Okay. Um,
1: I mean, that would give you, you know, 60 plus another, I guess, 20 days at this point. So you're right around 80, yeah. so, I mean, 40 acres of stockpiled forage Yeah. left with that same 12 inches of residual?
0: For the most part. Grass? Um, okay. There, you know, it's funny. I was up back and, and looking yesterday. Uh, there's places that I have grazed like 30 days ago or 40 days ago. Yeah. Um, there's grass there. But I absolutely had to. I could go back in and graze that. Now I would not graze it anywhere near as tight as i have you know, been grazing, but you know, maybe a paddock or a pasture that uh maybe with a flock this size would take me five days if there was, you know, good grass to get across it. Um maybe now I would set that up to graze in maybe three days or, or two days. But that to me that's just Two days or three days that it wouldn't have to be hay, but right there is a fine line where you're setting yourself back for the following year. So you you, you definitely want to be aware of that all the time. But yeah, it, it's um, yeah. If it wasn't it's like I said, if it wasn't for the fact that you know we run a registered flock, we want to know who those lambs come out of. We want to make sure we you know we're pulling data. And those lambs are nursing from the mom they're supposed to be nursing from. You know, we could, we do a lot more of this out on pasture. Of course, we wouldn't be lambing in February then either. (laughs) Push that (laughs) back a little further, that'd just be kind of foolish. But uh, it is amazing how much grass is there. And every year, it seems like we just get more grass than we had the year before. And that's what everybody's continuously asking me. You know, well, what is going to be the the most sheep you can run there? And it's like I don't know yet. We haven't. We just haven't hit that. We haven't maxed out. We added that other eight acres uh, from the neighbors, and while eight acres doesn't seem like a whole lot, it made a huge difference. You know, we were over oh, there. Yeah. We were over there twenty twenty nine days. Right, twenty nine days. The entire farm here at home, got to grow.
1: And if you think, if you break down to what your movements are now, and the reason it lasted 29 days is because you didn't have the whole flock over there. right? But right now with 120 ewes, um, and I want to get back to that before we end end today. Because okay. um, so I think that's a useful tool on estimating forage availability for what your animals need. But right now, that eight acres would have added 16 days. And in the growing season, as we mentioned, spring or even in the fall for those cool season forages, we're looking at at half of the rest period required for really the volume that we'd like to get. We could get back on now. Your rest period is a little bit longer than. um,
0: Well, in in the spring of the year, in the spring of the year, that is pretty much a rest period it it, could, it can it be the grass grows that fast and recovers that fast It
1: can be yes
0: and, if, and if it's all the not year, the late rest year period, you, could, you could just about get 30 days but uh, right. but yeah so we you know we like to have much longer rest periods not so much in the spring but um in the spring we're just trying to blow through but right but you but yeah, think it's it crazy adding... but everywhere that you can add another day just make right. it and those days add up and that's what I was
1: gonna say. For your full flock of 120 ewes, that 16 days, if we can get back on it in the spring, in 30 days, mm-hmm. you'd only need 16 acres for right. 120 ewes. Now, granted, right. you know your philosophy and mentality is is long term grazing. Yeah, but on on 16 acres, I can let it rest for 30 days. Be back on some. Some prime forage probably have to pull use off in the dead of summer and also the dead of winter to feed. hay um, when we're not seeing the growth that that we need, or if we run into a drought, we see some issues. But um, you know, it's just it's neat to see kind of the those numbers fall out of there um, that we don't need a hundred acres to to operate a sizable flock of sheep and in, in this granted this part of the country with adequate rainfall, but, um, I do want to get back to, I think the takeaway point from what we've discussed is you were talking about moving sheep in. And you didn't know how much ground to provide with them. And I can't take credit for this information. It's found right there on your, your grazing stick that you can grab from NRCS, but that 150 pounds per acre inch, uh, if we're not familiar with what that is, for every inch of grass, we're assuming there's a hundred and or our pasture there's a hundred and fifty pounds across the entire acre in that one inch mm-hmm. and so if we have twelve inches, we multiply and we want to leave some residual as we were just talking about. so say we want to leave that four inch residual that eight inches is worth 150 pounds per inch per acre yep and that gives us our 1200 value and Mm -hmm. i did run just briefly on 120 use we're going to use tom's example 120 use say they weigh 120 pounds for for easy math um that gives us fourteen thousand four hundred pounds um i'm going to check check my math there that's correct but um and then you're 4%. And that's not an arbitrary number. We didn't just pull that out of the air. That comes out of, um, probably find it in the sheep production handbook. Yeah, It's definitely in the, the NRC um, n- nutritional guide for sheep production in that 3% to 3.5% of consumption. Four puts us in in a safe range. Yep. And if we're grazing ewes and lambs, I like to use the 5% because it it takes into account what that lamb is consuming along with that trample effect on on that fresh forage. Uh, But if we take that 14,400 and multiply it by 0.04, which would be our 4% intake per day, um, that's 576 pounds for that group of 120 use. Yep. And so right around 600. And again, we're hoping that that uh, puts us in that takes into account the trampling. yeah. Um, but 600 pounds, you know, Tom, you are right, right on the money with that and not everything's square. I would just, I would urge grazers, listeners, you know, on this, that try to figure it out. It's not the most yeah, tap back into that geography, not geography, sheesh, geometry and trigonometry and, and factor in some some areas, uh, get some square footage requirements and and tie them back to that acre. But it, it's not easy, but we do need to provide adequate gut fill and nutrition yeah. for those animals. And this, mind you, this is just capacity. This is just providing quantity, you know, pounds of forage. This is not estimating quality of the forage and what that you need from a
0: nutritional standpoint. Um, But we are providing. But I would bet that my pastures, most people's pastures, are better than most people's hay. Depends if you're buying hay in. Well, it depends what kind of hay you're buying. If you're buying alfalfa hay; that's a different story. But most people aren't. Most people are buying what they call cow quality hay, which isn't that great, right? And it depends what but our pasture man that six, seven, eight percent protein. Looks like. and I bet yours is a little better than that, but uh, but not to yeah. cut short. But we are running up on our time here, Cameron. <laughs> so you got a closing argument. It was a saw- good discussion. Or put it in there yet
1: no no it's just uh, providing that adequate nutrition yeah in quantity to those used and it doesn't take now with in the age of technology to measure what those fields are on Google Earth yeah a free service that we that we can capture um even down to the acre you know they have an acreage conversion on mm-hmm. that um for free you know, yeah, it doesn't didn't take a whole lot. Um yeah, just get out there and keep keep grazing. Didn't even get to talk about all the hay I'm unrolling. So
0: yeah, well tune we in next week next to,
1: yeah, to hear to hear again more things that you should not be doing. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, all right, so good catching up with you. Uh but thank you for listening to another episode of the Grazing Sheep Podcast. Uh if you got any questions, comments, you can reach out to me at bigtomperkins at gmail.com. There's a Facebook page, the Grazing Sheep Podcast page. Uh, go on there and hit like, follow, and you can leave some questions on there as well or some comments. So it's been good catching up with you, buddy. And uh, happy hay unrolling, I guess. Yeah, it's it's been a it's good exercise. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you later. Bye.